Hi, you're listening to What's the Schemata, a schema therapy podcast for therapists. With ISST accredited schema therapy supervisors and trainers, Chris Hayes and Rob Brockman. For more information on schema therapy, visit our website, schematherapytraining.com. Hey, what's the schemata? Yes, what's the schemata? It's me and Rob. How you Chris? Yeah, good. Pretty good. good. Yeah, we're together, just alone. We're back. We're back. Yeah, normally we've been having a couple of people um, being guests. You know, the last two episodes have been Jeff, Jeff Young. Just, just some people, you know. Some, some important people. Mm. And now it's just you and me. We haven't done one just with you and me for a couple of weeks or months. Oh, really. I know. Yeah, yeah we've been yeah. In, the, in the trenches doing a little yeah. bit of writing and stuff. Um, we're having yeah. a, a, a book that's upcoming for next year, which is uh, the Cambridge Guide uh, to Schema Therapy. So we've been in the trenches trying to make yeah. that happen. Yeah. Um, Chris, you've been awesome yeah. in the trenches with that. Yeah. So it's, um, so I mean, it's the power of the internet, I guess. We um, just flicked up on the Facebook um, pages just if people had any questions. And uh, we got some questions. People actually listen to this show, Rob. This is kind of handy. It's kind of yeah, it's re- yeah. reaffirming. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> and we, we do often, I mean, we do get, um, you know, a lot of questions either uh, through the podcast or through the, the various sort of Facebook feeds. So um, we came up, you know, with, with, with a few just in the last week that we thought we'd tackle and, 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 and uh, push out another schemata. So yeah, let's yeah, do yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. So we got a couple of questions. Um, so this this episode's really just, you know, really just giving you some, you know, feedback to some of these questions. I, I wouldn't say that I don't like really to put myself out in a super expert position. I don't know if you do, Rob, but I thought we could just chat about these and we could just yeah. have a, you know, um, for sure, you know, a bit of a bit of a combo about it. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think, you know, some of the questions are a little bit, you've got a bit of debate around it, but we'll kind of talk a bit about yeah. this and just, um, it's not easy sometimes, but um, yeah. So should we, should we start with our list? So the first one, the first one that we've got is, you know, what are some of the best ways to connect uh, uh, schemas with early life experiences? Sweet. Okay. This is, this is, this is the question. So, I mean, how do you interpret that? Uh, Chris, you know, what are, what are some of the best ways to connect schemas with early life experiences? Well, for me, like I'm always kind of banging on to my clients about the idea of like what's what's happened to you to have these schemas. So that sort of framework and tone is kind of helpful. Mm. Um, and I guess, you know, doing linking, you know, when you're looking at the assessment and your formulation, you're getting examples, like often people will look at things like the young parenting inventory and stuff like that mm. and just sort of see it and go, okay, you know, there's a whole bunch of, you know, indications here, but not go into it that deeply. And mm. I tend to kind of want to say, give me an example of that. So like, you know, mom mm. was critical and made me feel unloved or like, be honest, I can't remember off the top of my head the, some of the items, but um yeah. You know, give me an example of that. Oh, well, you know, she would, she forgot my birthday once or something like that. Mm. Then you've got that in your head. And then I guess my idea is to, when the person's presenting and they're getting triggered off in their life now is to link it by saying things like that, saying things like, is it kind of like that time when your mom forgot Mm. your birthday? Is that the same sort of feeling? Am I getting that right? Um, So explicitly linking those things, you know, to that that schema theme, Mm. you know, to that string Mm. of meaning. Yeah. 
You know, and yeah. I think in the family of origin stuff, when clients are telling us stuff in our assessment, you know, I'm already you're already sort of tagging. You know, you hear about you know them being abandoned or you know being adopted at an early age, I and mean, you're already sort of tagging. Hmm, I'm going to follow that up later and think about abandonment and maybe ask some questions about that. Or yeah, yeah you know, so sure. you're sort of tagging those things as as the family of origin information comes out, mm, um, mm. and then you're getting your, um, of course you know, your YSQ information or perhaps something coming up in the imagery, uh, which is going to triangulate yeah. that stuff. Um, yeah, yeah. I heard an, an, a schema therapist the other day say, say this in a really nice way as well, which was this, uh, um, basically like, so you're in the image and it's like, you know, what does it mean for you? That kind of stuff. Yeah. Right. As in to, to do some downward arrowing, mm. but this, uh, I heard it say, this, uh, you know, um, said this way, it was kind of like, you know, in that moment, you know, what message do you think little Johnny was getting? Yeah. Yeah. You know, what do you think the message little Johnny got from that experience? Yeah, sure. You know, so, so that's yeah. another way just to get them to say it, just to say, well, you know, I'm not enough. Yeah, sure. Or something like sure. that. And look, some of the other experiential stuff, like you mentioned imagery is obviously a really good way to link it, but um yeah, things like um, we, we, I don't know whether we talk too much about it in some of our courses, but um, things like historical role playing, like exactly what you're sort of saying, where you, you might actually dramatize our interactions and then get to that question at the end of the interaction. Like, what was, you know, so, you know, dad coming home, reading the paper, you know, um, not acknowledging you, you know, you're sitting there, you know, feeling what's the feeling and you, you're playing that out between the therapist and you is a good way to kind of mm. you know, get to that question. What was the take home? What was the takeaway message from that? So, yeah. yeah. yeah so for sure. hopefully Vicky, that answers your question um, in terms of that. And, uh, you know, I guess I, I would, what I would also suggest is, you know, Rob, um, you know, you're particularly into, you know, into the attunement side of um Scheme therapy, and um, you've done really nice stuff around that in terms of educating people a bit more about that. I, I reckon that's pretty bang on, though. You need to kind of, um, if you're going to do some linking, I would be sort of saying, "Am I getting that right? Is that is that feel right for you?" And try to do it in a tuned way because you want. If the client goes, "No, that doesn't feel like mm. the same feeling," or that that experience doesn't link with this mm. tr this trigger that's happened to me last week, then that's a problem, and you know. Yeah. Well, the other piece of that, I mean, link, link to this question is what about clients where they have, let's say they have the background for abandonment yeah. mm -hmm. and then they have these abandonment feelings now, mm -hmm. like they get triggered, yeah. but they won't acknowledge the link. Right. Like they'll yeah. say, I don't see how that's related to now. Like that was in the past. So, yeah. so they'll acknowledge there was a past. They'll acknowledge yeah. there's a present issue around, around the feeling, yeah. but they deny the link. Yeah, yeah, that's that's an interesting phenomenon. Yeah, yeah, and that could be like a coping mode, I guess, or like maybe some like some mm. sort of trying not to see their caregivers in a different way. I don't know. There could be all sorts of different functions with that. What would yeah. it mean? Yeah. yeah. So I mean, my it shuts approach, you down though, doesn't it? If you're saying totally, something like, you're like, could well, it be this? And they're like, nah. <laughs> you're like, uh. well, it's like <laughs> A plus B doesn't equal C. C it's like, uh, well, so so you acknowledge yeah, yeah. this, yes. Okay. So you have this, yeah. yes. So <laughs> could those things? Mm -mm. No, I don't see, I don't see it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks. Okay. Well, um, but it's actually really that? central because yeah. if you can't get them, I mean, the whole schema model is centered mm. on that link. Yeah. 
you know yeah. so so i think i think you know in those cases where you get blocked like that mm. um you know i think i think you have to approach that and you have to try to find a way around it and um it's not easy i guess you know i think i can think of someone that you know every she had lots of emotional deprivation when i was looking at sort of change or something like that it should get triggered by that idea you know that kind of like you know you know you're just blaming me for the problem or something and then i would I'm thinking to myself, if I, I comment on that, that might just go down in, in, in flames. Yeah. So it's not easy sometimes, everyone. Well, so. something <laughs> I, I, I've uh, I found helpful in that way is to ask them, you know, what would it mean for you if there was that link? Mm. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. What would that so, mean for you? If one and was then, to um, have a link such as that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so look, maybe there's no link, but, but mm. could we just explore that? Like if there yeah. was, like if those things were linked, you know, that... The, if these feelings of being abandoned all the time now in your relationships, mm. that was linked to the fact that, um, you know, mum worked too much yeah, or yeah. those kind of memories you told me about, mm. you know, what would that mean for you? What would that be like if those yeah. things were, if it turned out that they were linked? Yeah. yeah so that would yeah. be another way of, of trying to dig around and, and see if there's something to work with. Yeah. And if you're interested, if it, or, you know, uh, listeners are interested in that, there's a, EMDR guys have got a nice uh, thing called the blocking belief questionnaire. So there's a guy called Jim Knipe, K-N-I-P-E. And he's got a questionnaire called the blocking beliefs questionnaire. And you can, I guess it kind of fits in what, what you're saying, you know, like in terms of, so you could kind of ex- possibly even extract some of those questions and mm. think about what the function of that denial or block mm. is. But yeah, yeah more generally, it's um, something that's often useful for, you know, people in those sorts of situations. We should probably but- do another schematic on that. Yeah, Chris. You know mm. um, the sort of interface between EMDR and schema, and mm. Mm. Um, yeah. you know when I did my EMDR training, there's a lot of little things like that that I thought, gee, mm. that that's an interesting yeah, way of fit. looking at it, or yeah, that's yeah, a cool yeah. little technique for getting to the modes, or you know, yeah, 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 the yeah, meaning. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Okay, question two. Okay, so this is a bit of a big ticket one, um, and it's very um, you know it's kind of topical. We've we've done a sort of a semi um, um, mm. what's the schematic already, but. It's really around the debate around dealing and confronting the parent mode. You know, what if, what if they won't be banished? So Tanner and um, Sherry um, sort of um, brought this up. So, mm. yeah, what's I, I, it's interesting with this because I've got a, a couple of things I've, you know, been thinking about it. But, yeah, what, what do you make of this? What's your take? Um you know, this came up in in our talk with Jeff Young. Yeah. You know, earlier in the so, year again as well. And um, so, you know, in general, we we go for an approach where we, where we identify the kind of critic. Like we have subtypes of critics, right? So we have our punitive critic, which might be driven more by schemas to do with punitiveness and maybe defectiveness. Yep. Uh, we have our demanding critic, which may be driven by um, primarily by schemas such as unrelenting standards um, or maybe a bit of defectiveness in there too. Uh, and then we have our um, guilt-inducing critic, right, that might be driven more by schemas to do with self-sacrifice um, and, and maybe even enmeshment. Yeah, yeah. So I think it's good to hold the schemas in mind, right, that, that, that you're going after, you know, when you're dealing with a critic. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so I think in the, the standard model of schema, um, you know, the idea is is that we would be sort of banishing the punitive parent, challenging, banishing, um, setting very, you know, clear boundaries, maybe even kicking him out of the room, for example. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
Whereas the other critics, we might take a softer touch to that. Mm. You know, with the demanding critic, it might be more about reasoning mm. um, and that kind of thing, you know, that you're not helping yeah. or something yeah. like that. Okay. So that's the standard. Yeah, appealing approach. to them almost, yeah. But you wouldn't appeal to a punitive critic. Yeah. Right, right. Um, Please dislike him more or something like that. You'd be kind of yeah. appealing to a demanding critic, you know, like, you know, can't you see yeah, is this, yeah. this what you want? Is this the legacy you want to put on? So here's the thing, though. So, so you know, um, I understand that the, the, stand, the model suggests, standard model suggests that uh, these, the critic, especially the, the punitive critic, is a sort of toxic interject, mm. you know, um, that the, the, the client has, has uh, soaked in a mm. sort of negative experiences or a negative critical environment. Yeah. And now they just kind of repeat that to themselves. Yeah. So, and so that's understandable as well, I think. You know, we, we can understand the fact that kids soak in their environments yeah, and stuff. Yeah. Now, so that, that's the standard conceptualization and maybe approach, you know, to, mm. to the punitive critic. But I think we've all come across cases where, 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 where you know, it doesn't shift. It doesn't mm. matter how many times you kick it out of the room or something that the client doesn't achieve any distance from that uh, and may even on some level um, agree really agree with that side or mm. you know that the punitive critic is seen as something that's egocentric that's yeah, true that's a, or, that's a bit of a problem isn't it you know i always that's, i mean my take is that, that that's gonna that's gonna change that I, I would be appealing to their kind of healthy adult mode is there a side of you that can see a, a little bit of what i'm saying yeah, rather than well, no, we would I hope they yeah. right. So we yeah. choose some distance. <laughs> yeah, just a, is there a part of you that can see that's not you? That's that's the the critic or the, the your dad. And when or, they can, that's great. But yeah. the problem is, we know there's a big mm. chunk of people that just say, mm. "No, I am a piece of shit. Like I am worthless." Mm. That's the, that's, that's a bit of a fact, flop, isn't it? Yeah. They say, "Look at my life. I, what have I done? Mm. I'm, you know, etc. Mm. etc." Et mm. So, I mean, I think there may be several blocks to this, but. You know, and having done training in other models too, um, you know, particularly things like ACT uh, and EMDR and, and, you know, reading up on other models and, and, and sort of compassion-focused approaches, um, internal family systems, for example, um, all of these approaches take a little bit of a different stance uh, on this. And that is that, um, you know, many, many, if not, not most of these approaches would conceptualize any critic behavior as potentially having some some positive function, uh, or at least in the past, you know, yeah. not to say yeah. that it's it's not maladaptive, but to say that, mm. in other words, that the critic thinks it's helping in some way. Yeah, yeah and I, I think I reckon something that kind of sh- got me thinking a bit about it is, you know, normally we would sort of like if you did chair work, we'd be like, listen, I'm sick of you, and I'm giving hard time to my client, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to put up with this and all this stuff, but. You know, I think it's a, sometimes it's as simple as you go if you're doing experiential work, just saying I don't agree with what you're saying. Mm. I don't agree. I don't agree. I, you might have helped in the past, yeah, but I don't agree with what you're saying now. I don't, and that sentiment, you know, is that's pretty pretty much the, what you want to do. I mean, it gets with all this advers, you know, sending it away and being adversarial. You can soften that a lot with some of these sort of situations where you've got clients that are refused to it, but they still need to hear that idea that you don't agree with the fact that they think they're, yeah. they're a piece of crap. Or, so you can you know, soften, you can, you can yeah. certainly soften that. But I still mean, be determined. 
you know, in, yeah. in terms of what you, you're So saying. I guess like, like, you know, the way I've been thinking about this, and this is just my position and, mm. um, you know, I think I think there's a lot of merit in the in in the traditional sort of um, banishing and and mm. trying to give the client the experience that they are they're backed and they're yeah. protected, yeah, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, but we've all again we've all had clients where that will fall flat, mm. or in fact flare up the critic, mm. or, mm. or or strengthen the critic, make it more robust. Yep. That you're not listening and you don't understand and. Yep that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a, it's a funny, it's a funny area, but um, uh, one thing I've sort of come across to, which has helped me navigate is to just think about this idea of function. Mm. Um, and because, and the way I, I ran into this, apart from seeing it in other models was when you put the punitive critic, let's say on a chair and you interview mm-hmm. it, yep. even if it's a punitive critic and you say, what, why are you around? Why did you develop? What, you know, why are you yep. coming to the room right now? What do yep. you want? What do you want yep. John? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, a large chunk of the time, it would mm. it would say, "Well, he needs me." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, so he needs me to kick his yeah. ass; otherwise, he wouldn't be anything. Yeah, yeah. or he needs me to mm. to put him down so he knows his mm. place, so mm. that um, his family are happy mm. and he doesn't cause a family problem. Mm. Yeah. On the on the flip side, like the, the comment here about banishing, you know, what if what what if they won't be banished? I think sometimes mm. as well, it's like, it's particularly if you're doing experiential stuff um, and you've got a really tough case. So you've got a really angry and, you know, sort of you're in imagery and it's very kind of you know, contemptuous type of antagonist. That can be also more about the therapist's perception. So like, you know, if you say, well, I'm asking you to leave and I'm saying, you know, leave. And then, you know, you're saying in, in imagery or scripting that they're, the um, client saying, oh, he's, he's laughing at you right now. He's not leaving. That, I mean, you could take that as face value is that you, he's unable to banish them, this sort of stuff. But in, I guess it's really important. And what I tell all my supervisees, particularly in the imagery rescripting idea is that you are kind of um, still trying to give the corrective experience and you're sort of, you have to kind of win the exchange in that anyway. So don't, even if you, you try to get rid of them and they say, Oh, he's not leaving, or you know, he's laughing at you. You can you can still win by just just dragging him out of the room, or put using some sort of fantasy or something to be ban- totally. to banish the mode. So I think totally. there's two kind of questions. There's more. There's there's the, there's really kind of sticky kind of punitive critics and, mm. and and parent modes that you know are tricky. But then there's banishing them. Sometimes it's it's more about like what if they won't be banished. Yeah. Well, let's let's just park that for a second because that is Mm. a separate, slightly separate issue if they won't be banished. Mm. Um, But but just to finish off this idea, like of of understanding any positive functions. Mm. So if the client says, if if you're able to uncover a function, the the point of this is there's two points. One is if you uncover any function, let's say even for a punitive critic, you can use that in your challenge to to the critic. Mm. You can say, mate, I know your game. I know yeah. on some level you think you help Johnny, mm. right? You, you think that if you push him around and all these things, that he'll keep his head down and he won't get in trouble or he won't, he won't experience trauma again or be abused or whatever it yeah. might be, yeah. Yeah. right? Um, but, you know, it's too much. And, in mm. fact, you, you know, you just make him miserable and depressed and he can't live his life and like all the sort of con stuff. Right? Yeah, yeah. So... You know that's one implication. It'll change mm. the way you dialogue with it. If you if mm. you point out the function within the dialogue, right? Okay, it can yeah. weaken it, right? Yeah. Say, hey, yeah. I know your game. You think yeah. you're helping, right? But I know your not. game. 
I know the right? your game is up. Right. It's like with a bully or something. What you do with a bully if you know what yeah. they're up to. Yeah. So, so you're still challenging them, but just addressing totally. some function. Yeah. 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 Cool, cool, cool. Um, so that's mm. that's a big part of it. The other thing is mm. you can end up doing maybe a pros and cons of the critic. Yeah. Well. Sure. Yeah. Say, yeah, hey, really sticky. I don't yeah. want to take this thing off you if if you're really mm. attached to it. Mm. Right. Like, mm-hmm. so what what are the pros and cons of of sort of this kind of denigration, you know, of, of seeing yeah. yourself this way and criticizing yeah. yourself this way? How's that working so for you? It opens mm. up a few more avenues. Yeah, uh, sort of thing. Yeah, so, yeah. but let's go to the other I- issue, which is if it won't be banished. So, what I see here is, like you said, um, you kick it out, or, or, or you have your say, right, and then it's laughing at you. But, but I always try to remember, you can always, you can always win the exchange by kicking it out of the room. Yeah, that's yeah. like my fallback. Like it's like, whatever mm. I say here, I know I can just pick the chair out, take it out mm. in some dramatic display of protection for your client. Yeah. Yeah, and you can always, yeah, and I think that sometimes people, especially with the experiential stuff, they're kind of not used to doing that. And look, in the end, it's just like, I'm done with this. I'm done with that. I'm not, this is, I'm not entertaining this anymore. And just, um, yeah, take take control. So, Well, here's another yeah. thing, though, that, that, that I find. If you take it out of the room mm. and you say, okay, what's going on now? How's that feel? Now, you get some that will just say, like, they're shocked and like, wow, I didn't know you could do that. Um, so that's almost a kind of ideal thing. Mm. Um, but the other thing you'll get sometimes is, is they'll say every now and then with a very strong grip, they'll say, um, he, he doesn't care. He still, he still says, you know, that you're yeah, full right. of crap and he's yeah, not yeah. shutting up. Mm. And then I do this. I don't know what you do, Chris. Um, I then go for more of a diffusion piece, mm-hmm. right? So then I'll have a conversation, which is like, right. You know, he, of course he is because that's what he does. He doesn't shut up. Right. Mm. And he's just always mm. chiming in and yeah, basically sure. putting shit on you and shut up. Right. Mm. And so it doesn't surprise me now that he's out there. I mean, he's still kind of going on. He's kind of still, mm. you know, he's probably saying you can't get rid of me that easily. And you know, mm. this kind of stuff. Um, but Hey, you know, I still think it was worth taking him out. Yeah. I know would meet match the contempt. So it's contemptuous kind of behavior. And I'm like, oh, I don't really, I'm not, I don't care about yeah. that side of you. I'm not interested really in that side. Of, I'm interested in you. Okay, I don't care about you. I'm not interested in that. So it just matched that tone as well. So And he and he can be outside. Yeah, he can do whatever he wants. But here's the thing. And I, and I want you to get this now, right, to the patient. Let's say Johnny mm. or something. Yeah, yeah. I don't want you to listen to him anymore. Mm. You know, yeah. when he speaks like that, mm. you know, I don't want you to, to sort of take in that message. Yeah. Exactly. You know, yeah. I want you to treat him more as a kind of annoying whoever, like someone like a bully or someone that doesn't deserve yeah. that much respect. Yeah, exactly. And it doesn't mean the fact that he's not going to stop talking. Yeah. Maybe he will. This is last I, don't, I don't want you to listen to him anymore. And today mm. maybe we draw, we draw a line in the sand a little bit. Mm. So you can right. go on and on and on all you like. Now you see that's a sort of diffusion or a distancing move. Yeah. As well. And it's also meeting the experiential matching. Because I guess, yeah. you know, when you particularly the hard cases in terms of experiential stuff with imagery or, you know, in this case, maybe is that contempt, contemptuous, you know, he's laughing at you or, you know, and that's, that's often tricky. So yeah, just meet the tone. And I always think too, I, I saw Remco do one of these in the videos and he's like, oh, that's how he says it, huh? Uh, is that how you and do then, it, huh? <laughs> yeah. And then, and what, what did he do? He says, well, I want, well, what we basically said though is, is there is that voice, but I need you to listen to me now and listen to my voice when yeah. I say the words to you like you're worth it, and that's not too cool. What he says, yeah, I need you to listen to my voice now. 
it's that yeah. kind of move as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. But it's hard, so, you know, and, yeah. and to who, you know, who was it that, that sent the one in? Uh, that was uh, Tenor and Sherry. So, yeah. Yeah. Look, so that's a hard one. Look, we've mm. tried to give two cents on this, but mm. it's, yeah. it's a constant so struggle, isn't it, yeah. to work yeah. with, the, with the really strong critics. Okay. Next question. Tips for people starting to work with imagery. You got any tips? I'm obviously interested in imagery. You are too. What do you, have you got any things that you, maybe three tips? Starting with it. Hmm. For me, uh, what's your thinking? It. I reckon the biggest thing is people worrying about upsetting clients and destabilizing them. And so if you're really worried about that, I reckon just get into just doing some kind of kindness, you know, caring kindness type imagery. Get rid of the antagonists. Just have imagery with you and the client. Start with that. I think if you're worried about not dealing with stuff, the second thing I reckon would be also get some um, one-liners. Like we often, you know, um, in our trainings, we give people sort of statements to sort of, because you, you're not mm. used to talking this way. If you're doing imagery and you're talking to some mean antagonist, you, you're not used to, you know, saying things like you're dealing with me now. You know, I'm not going to put up mm. with your nonsense. You're dancing to my tune. You're not, mm. you're not saying that. So, you know, I don't know about you, but often the way I've often learned skills is to watch videos and I have to imprint and take on some of those language, you know, those sort of um, sayings. So that's another thing I reckon is worth having. Look, and well. I've got to say, I mean, we have to plug um, the DVD series with yourself mm. and, and Remco on that. They're, they're fantastic for that. Um, mm. You know, just just having having a model, you know, to look at and be able to go over again and again and yeah. analyze yeah. it. Um, so you know, that would be one thing. Yeah. Um, so watching some material, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Yep. And I can honestly say, I've recently had a supervisee where where they went away for a while um, and 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 had the DVD series and then came back and it had been about six months and the level of imagery had just it just gone yeah. up like yeah. yeah. Um, and then we hadn't yeah. had any supervision or anything. So yeah, cool, cool. Um, that kind of thing can mm. be really cool. The other thing I always say um, with imagery is, maybe, and also with chair work, um, you know, start a peer supervision group. Mm, yeah. You know, it doesn't yeah. cost anything. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Get two or three people together, you know, are, are sort mm. of learning the model. Get together once a month, throw some chairs yeah. around the room. Practice. Yeah. Right? Get comfortable yeah. being playful. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's yeah. massive, I think, if you, if you could yeah, start thinking about that. The big thing is um, that practice, really. I mean, even if you do it, you know, you know, with some of the colleagues and just whacking it out, you know, we don't, no one likes to practice this stuff, as we know from the research from the, you know, the implementation of schema therapy, you know, with BPD, you know, the, the best therapists were the ones that did lots of role plays and practice it. And that's why in a lot of our training that we do live, that's why we've got that. So, you know, I would, I would get in and just start practicing. In my but career. the other thing, um, I think I've said this to you before, Chris, I think there's, a, there's an individual difference variable related to whether a therapist is comfortable to role play like, or pretend, yeah, like the, yeah. the, the, the behaviour of pretending. So that's part of it's us, us too. Like part of it's, you know, are we comfortable being in the role of acting and role playing and pretending? So um, a part of that means, you know, we have to practice, you know, practice, practice, practice. Um, it, it might mean, you know, um, starting a peer supervision group, that kind of thing. Uh, the only other thing I'd mention on this is, uh, and you've kind of mentioned it, Chris, in, in terms of saying make the imagery a bit easier, take the antagonist mm. out, like all those things, yeah. um, is even to see your imagery work uh, or even your experiential work on a window of tolerance. Yeah. Yeah, and and sure. break it down like you could have a whole window starting from ten out of ten would be like 
you know, full-blown imagery scripting antagonist yep. with a 10 out yep. of 10 memory, yep. right? All the way down to things like ice cream imagery, um, yeah. little so boy on the street. Happy, fun imagery. Right? Yep. Like, yep. And everywhere in between, safe place imagery. Mm. Um, like you said, mm. imagery scripting with no antagonist but with yep. just kind of soothing imagery for yep. the child. Yep. So sort of putting all that on a, on a spectrum. Spectrum, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it helped me sort of um, think through how to apply it with people who might be overwhelmed. Now, the next question we've got this, we could probably do a whole uh, episode on this. It's not a bad thing to yeah. think about going forward, but yeah. temperament with needs, schemas, and modes. Now, um, you know, we, we've both got a few kids amongst us um, and yeah, we can see, we, mm. we, we've got the, we could see their temperaments um, in our faces every day. Um yeah. I, I'll be honest with you. I don't reckon I would have um, seen the impact of that probably unless until I became a parent. I reckon, like you know, sort of, yeah. you, you said it's you know, sort of like yeah, we've got different temperaments, but you do actually really realise it, especially when you mm. also in contact with other parents and other people and other kids. You know, I've got a friend of mine who's got his kid is very you know lovely parent, but the kid's mm. very tricky. Think to yourself, wow, like you know. What, what would you have to do to meet the needs? So the question really is around um, temperament and needs and schemas and modes and, yeah, like uh, how, did, yeah. how did it impacts. Yeah. yeah. So, so, I mean, I've got a bit of a take on it. I, th- I mean, I think it, it just ends up being um, something that becomes a part of the formulation almost mm, yeah. to say how were you a little bit different in temperament to your brothers and sisters Mm. And how might have that meant that there was a bit of a mismatch maybe with your parents, yeah. for example, you know, yeah. where your brother and sister might have been fine because they, you know, had this, you know, uh, other temperament, which was more, you know, uh, needed more boundaries perhaps or something. So so I found myself feeding that in and normalising that uh, mm. to say that that's a normal thing. In any population, we mm. have kids, you know, the old dandelions and orchids type thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. So um, I was about to mention that, the dandelion orchid. Or the other one is the, um, there's an Australian educator, like a sort of parenting educator called uh, Maggie uh, Dent, um, if you're interested in her. So, and she calls it the roosters, the roosters and the lambs. So no family. She's got the roosters are all the, you know, the boys, she's got four boys and the roosters mm-hmm. are all the kind of cocky, you know, sort of uh, extroverted, don't really need any emotional mm. kind of stuff, but they're not yeah. really that emotionally aware and the lambs are more sensitive, introverted, mm. they need more coaching. And you kind of got a yeah. spectrum between these two. So if you're interested in that, well, we might see. If we I mean, then gender's not, all, not always a predictor either. No, you know, you can no, 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 have, exactly. Um, yeah. But just you know, the son. fact that she's got these four kind of yeah. d- very diverse and what mm. she, and I think, you know, with the orchids and the land thing is also talking about kind of, um, you know, sort of meeting the needs as a parent, you know, th- if you've got a, a kid who's a lamb, but you're a real alpha rooster, yeah. you know, um, that it's going to be a mismatch with that. Sure. And, and even yeah. put pressure on the kid in a way. Yeah, yeah, like, for sure. Why can't I be a rooster or, you know, you know I'm like bad for being a lamb or I'm bad yeah. for being an orchid. And I guess that's the big thing that you see often with borderline clients is that, you know, they might have a, a, a sensitivity and emotional kind of um, temperament issue with very invalidating kind of experiences. And that might yeah. come from that sort of parenting. But then you might have a brother who isn't like that. And the parents' mm. responses are appropriate, and it's not to blame parents, but I guess it, there is sort of um, so the idea of a mismatch, mismatch can be yeah. important, inadvertent, 
yeah, inadvertent type of experience. In the conceptualization. But the other yeah. thing is practically I found myself even bringing that in sometimes to the imagery mm. in mm. sort of saying, hey, you know, I might be talking to the father or something, saying, I don't think you realize it, you know, but your son, your son is a really sensitive boy, you know, yeah. and there's nothing wrong with that. That's completely normal. But, mm. you know, it's mm. your job. It's your job to recognize that and to slow down a little bit and maybe yeah. talk to him more about his feelings and yeah. that, that kind of thing. But that would be really good for him. You know um, what I reckon another thing is is you know that you, um, in your book the you know the um, contextual uh, schema therapy this idea of like um, the angry child vulnerable child you could kind of argue that maybe the angry child has a different temp you know like a client has mm-hmm. more of that has more of a uh, totally different temperament effectively versus yeah. a client with a very strong vulnerable child mode and that well, mix between the two and how that drives coping behavior and overcompensation. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so you got angry child mode from a temperament leading to overcompensation, anger, yeah. hostility, and that kind of way of coping versus someone. So, so in the book, they talk about yeah. a sort of um, the angry child is driving the assertiveness leg. Yeah, exactly. The stuff. Yeah. Of of the yeah. healthy adult, but also the overcompensation yeah. if it goes too far. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And the vulnerable child as as essentially um, driving the attachment leg or the yeah. connection leg. Right. Yeah. It's the, the wanting to connect and all that yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah. <clears throat> So you've got that kind of two two kind of ideas of kind of connection, vulnerability and attachment versus independence and autonomy. But then we also, if you think about it that way, in temperament, like we definitely have kids who are more angry child in temperament. Yeah. And there's those that are more vulnerable child in temperament. Yeah, fully. In other words, if something goes down, you've got those that will cry more often than not and you've got others that will – kick off and get yeah. angry right yeah. and tantrum and stuff mm. so that's in temperament yeah so we want to recognize that mm. Uh, mm. and parent to that yeah. um, but but also it's i always like acknowledging the socialization piece on that too so yeah right. you know um now now often that can be a gender thing sometimes like in terms of the socialization what sort of messages do do little boys get about uh yeah. being vulnerable yeah, sure. for example. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or what sort of messages do little girls get if they're angry all the time or having mm-hmm. a tantrum? So sometimes the sort of socialization aspect comes onto that as well. So, of course, you've got temperament, times, environment, et cetera. Yeah. So why I don't reckon. we get to, yeah, what do you well, think? You reckon we got one more? I uh, reckon, yeah, we'll go. Oh, yeah, we'll go one more. One more. Time for uh, one more. The problem is with this is that we could keep going and then, uh, you know, in a sense, this whole podcast. So I tell you what, here's a deal. Next time, in a couple of months' time, we'll do this again and we'll get some more questions because I think this is just, this is fairly easy for us to, to yeah. sort of rattle off stuff. Um, yeah, what, what, are you, what are you thinking? We've got a couple more here. What do you, what do you reckon? So there's one about, I mean, this one, what was the one that, that, that I put forward? Is this one from that Rob comes from up, Sydney? This is from Rob Brockman from Sydney. <laughs> now, I just wanted to represent yeah. this one because yeah. um, I, I get asked this all, you know, pretty much all the time, um, which is, you know, is schema therapy only for people with a personality disorder? Chris mm. Hayes, what do you think? Look, um, I think that it isn't. It's designed for character logical, you know, treatment-resistant problematics, you know, problematic kind of presentation so problematics problematics, problematics that's a man. new a new that's diagnosis a new word. that's my that's my dsm6 uh, problematics yeah it's problematics um uh, but you know you do get people that you know use schema therapy too early sometimes i reckon it's you know they might do have an ocd client and they go straight into schema mm-hmm. therapy or something like well there's lots of other things that work why don't you try that or have they tried those things or you know if you think that they it won't work then okay sure i, I get that that might be a reason to switch but 
you know, well, especially um, if the client has, let's say, OCD and yeah. avoidant personality disorder. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Or OCPD. Or something. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. So, I think that yeah, it, for me, another thing around this, and it might be a, cult, a cultural or a, a issue around this, is even the idea about personality disorders and the diagnostics around that. You know, it was something on the listserv that was happening a couple of weeks back about that. Um, around, you know, sometimes we don't necessarily get into the diagnostics of personality disorder. We kind of, you know, there are it's a loaded term. Uh, it's complicated. There's be people that I've seen that have been in a very difficult parts of their life, and I might have kind of given them a label, but then you know, some of the circumstances alleviate, and and then you know that that label that I could have even easily given them absolutely you know, um, yeah. might change. So, you know, I, I that's a, that's my take. I think you know. So yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, so if I could add to that, the so I think there's something for giving CBT a go with the, with things where it's it's it has the best evidence. So things like mm. uh, you know anxiety disorders, maybe even depression, that kind of stuff. Um, you know, but but when you're getting treatment resistance, when you're getting you know um, yeah that that, that sort of um, yeah tr- treatment failures, treatment dropouts, etc. And especially when you can see the traits or full-blown personality disorders, mm. uh, it makes absolute sense for me to start to bring that into your conceptualization and also your treatment. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's with that's with you know across a range of of problems and, and pathology. That's, that's it. I reckon that most of us that are accredited or you know really into schema therapy would probably see everything through a schema therapy lens Absolutely. and then try and hold ourselves back from you know integrating. Yeah, sure. And, you know, but um, yeah. Well, the other thing, I mean, along the lines of this question, though, is um, is I, I think that schema therapy, it's been shown now, we also have an, a randomized control trial coming out for forensic patients. Yeah. Um, thanks to our colleague and colleagues in, in, in the Netherlands, led by um, David Bernstein. This is coming out, um, I believe, in the Journal of Psychological Medicine really soon. Mm-hmm. Um, but so schema therapy has been, been shown to be useful for forensic, um, for, for criminal behavior, for forensic mm-hmm. behavior. You know, mm. antisocial behavior, that kind of stuff. So, you know, this leads to, you know, it's not just useful only for, let's say, psychopathology necessarily, or, right? Um, you know, schema therapy can be used for a range of behaviors. And that's um, a good thing for me. It's the, it, I mean, I'm more of a behavioral, behavioral kind of problem based person in terms of clinician. And I'm, that's the yeah. first thing I might, what are they coming for? What are they, and, yeah. you know, sure, you can give them a diagnosis or a label. But you know the label sort of got to, has to help the client. So what's the problem? So, what's the key yeah. problem areas? What's the problem? What's the behaviours that are problematic? But then, if that's your criterion for taking on a client, mm. then you can also get clients that are very high functioning, who might also benefit from schema. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. so you might get. I mean, a typical thing is you might get the sort of high flying, mm. whatever executive CEO, who has sort of problems communicating assertively, or mm. vice versa. You know. It communicates too assertively or over in an yeah. overcompensating way. Yeah. But you know, even with that, even for myself, like there's there are lots of therapists out there. That's why knowing your own yeah. stuff and you sit there and you know, there'll be particular things that I know that I don't like conflict and I don't like this and that. Yeah. They're just schema driven and I use all those approaches of me. And that's a lifelong problem. And you know, I guess um, yeah. So I guess coming back to the question, yeah, you can use this, use schema therapy for you all can sorts use of it things. for all sorts of things, yeah. or even people that don't have necessarily psychopathology. Mm. So if you yeah. had someone coming in with a very discreet problem to say, yep. "Hey, uh, you know, I'm really not assertive at work," 
and it stops me in my job and, you know, that kind of stuff or it stops me progressing. Uh, this this becomes, you know, in our conceptualization, it might be like a compliance surrender mode or something yeah. that gets too activated. Yeah. It doesn't mean he's he has a personality disorder. It doesn't yeah. mean that you wouldn't be helping him to to do yeah, a mode formulation and start to work through the feelings and the history underpinning that. Yeah. Um, that yeah. can still be helpful. Mm. So I always like in this way, I, I come back, I saw a cool diagram in one of David Bernstein's papers from a couple of years ago. Yeah. But basically the model is, if you think about the schema model, it's, you know, um, more or less core emotional needs weren't met, mm-hmm. schemas formed, yeah? So yep. you've got schemas and, mo- sorry, schemas and coping styles formed. And then you've got, th- this underpins the modes. Mm-hmm. And then the modes leads to the problem behavior. Yeah, sure. Right. Yeah. So, so that whatever that might be. Now, that might be OCD behavior. It might be depressive behavior. It might be whatever it might be. But it also might, might be problematic relationship behavior. It might be forensic behavior. You know, it might be not being the best executive, you know, in terms of my assertiveness. Right. That's, you know, in, in that conceptualization, there's mm. a fairly broad range of problems. Mm. For which we can apply, we can apply schema therapy, and it doesn't mean they've all got a personality disorder. Quite yeah, my, um, I, I tried my best. I switched off all my computer, did everything, but someone just texted me, and it must have been to highlight that we, we should finish up. Makes sense. Makes sense. <laughs> so, um, all right. Yeah, well, awesome. Nice one, yeah. Chris. Well, we yeah. hope um, that's been informative, and I uh, hope to see you all around the traps. Um, yeah. Take we're care, getting Chris. um we're getting out there more. We're doing some uh, live workshops. If you're interested, you know, check out the website for the live workshops. It's www.schematherapytraining.com. And we're doing, you know, as you know, we've got um, a whole battery of um, 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 on-demand a workshops. Battery, I love that. A battery. battery. <laughs> you know, we've got a whole stack. Is that better? A whole stack yeah. of workshops. Um, yeah. And if, if anyone's listening in the States, we're getting CE credits um, lined up for some of our core uh, workshops uh, online in the States. And, you know, hopefully, um, you know, um, you'd be able to look at our website. So look at the schema therapy training online.com um, website and you'll be able to see them. We've got some uh, exciting new for the online content coming up. Yeah. 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 So until then, nice one. Yeah. All right. Good seeing see you guys mate. later. Thanks Excellent. for listening in. Thanks for Take listening care, guys. Bye. See ya, mate.